This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Uh, your Niners are total garbage. What an embarrassment on a national game like that. And I, I really think the problem is that Jimmy G got exposed. Like, he's just not that that good. And... I know it's a good defense, good coach, good running game, but man, if you if you sell out to stop the run like Seattle did, they got nothing. In my defense, I wouldn't have been as confident and cocky with my funny uh, best bet uh, quips if I know Kittle wasn't going to play. That guy, um, I think he's like PFF's highest graded player, and Bill Barnwell listed his most important players that aren't quarterbacks, and he was like third this year. They, they averaged a full one yard per carry more when he's on the field and not. So, anyway, his loss was bad. Then you lose Emmanuel Sanders, who's just garbage, those receivers. So, it's tough for me. I mean, obviously, Jimmy G has his problems, and he's a turnover waiting to happen at times. And definitely, he can make the awesome throws. He's certainly not just a product of the system as far as YPA. He can make the, the highlight reel, like awesome throws only the top percentage uh, quarterbacks can make. But uh, obviously the, the mistakes are just, just out of control and, and too many. And the receivers, I've never seen drops quite like that in my life. I mean, just they turn into interceptions, too. It should have been two more, too. The worst, the worst I've, I can ever remember in recent memory certainly didn't help him out at all. But, yeah, that was uh, not, not a great uh, – very lively. I mean, Levi Stadium, is, it proves that it's the product on the field matters more than uh, the stadium or the location because it was live for once. But, uh, yeah, that sucked. That, that sucked. What do we do? What well, do we I thought you were going to defend him more than that. I was just kind of trolling you, and you just uh, owned it completely. No, I mean, he, he makes awesome, awesome throws. And, and, and McGlinchey and Staley were really bad. It's one thing yeah, to be like, were. hey, they're getting these guys back. You know, that's one thing for it to me. Go, you know, let's talk about that as a positive. Well, it's positive if they're back and fully healthy. If they're just back and compromised, it might be a negative. And even their, their Justin School, the, the, their backup, was, was, was playing fine. So that was a problem. And, and when, under duress, obviously, the guy was skittish, and it's, a, it's a, some mistakes. But when he does hang in there, he does make some beautiful throws at times. So there were all kinds of problems there, though. And the supporting cast definitely deserved, in my opinion, you know, plenty of the blame. And obviously I expected the headlines to be Jimmy G and you're kind of that lowest common denominator that would be, you know, <laughs> yes, I, I saw, I, I, well, it's funny. I saw Stephen A. Smith was the guy saying, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is the one guy holding him back. And I'm like, of course, of course, that's the, his take of this. Right. And, and here we are with Chris Liss in our podcast. So this yes. is all, it's all but, that's, you know, that's honestly, I got I my, you, my, my wife and kids are throwing up all weekend too. I thought I wasn't going to, uh, you know, make it to the game. I was going to be sick. I, I miraculously haven't been yet. My wife is still throwing up today, an hour ago. Um, my Nana died, uh, after the Niner game, my grandpa was the reason I had these awesome tickets at the 50 yard line of before a candlestick, you know, before they priced everyone out completely in this Levi's. Uh, so it's been a, you know, not a, not a great here, a few days Wait, your, here. Your Delta grandmother family. died. Yeah, my well, my nana. So my 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 husband's. Uh, I'm sorry, my 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 grand grandfather's. Something you want to share? 
grandfather's longtime, longtime wife, Nana. So my, you know, basically my, my grandma, but, um, not, not by oh, blood. Oh, it's not your actual grandmother. It's your step yeah, grandmother. Ever since I was a, yeah. Ever since I was a, a baby, you know, a baby though. So right. basically and my grandmother. How old was she? She's, uh, 86. Okay. It was, uh, not, not, not totally unexpected. And she was battling cancer and, um, still oh, very, very, I didn't know going with it. So at first my grandpa, it, grandpa's 96 years old now still. So, so anyway, the, the, and my, my family's sick and now the Niners and you're trying to kick me down is all I'm saying here, Liz. Well, no, I see what your defense is. First, you accuse me of being lowest common denominator and, and comparing me to Stephen A. Smith. Then you play the grandmother cancer card on me from, and that, now I feel really bad. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what's happening, man. I'm just yeah, telling you like it. You're really, you're but, really uh, making me feel bad for making fun of your team now. <laughs> well, no, seriously, though, I'm sorry your uh, grandmother passed away. That's obviously a big deal. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, yeah, it's not not great. My like I said, my poor my poor grandpa. Now it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But um, uh, like I said, the fact they're connected to the Niners is something there too. But that was uh, I heard you talk on XM. You thought it was a garbage game, and it was super exciting. Obviously, uh, overtime at the very end. But uh, yeah, I can't argue with you there either. The sloppiness of the fumbles and the turnovers and whatnot. Yeah, it was. It's kind of weird. Like everybody, when I says the garbage game, there are all these people like trolling. Like, oh, you're the only one that thinks it's a garbage game. Like. Have some enthusiasm, you know. Have some enjoyment of the game. I don't know. It was somehow like, oh, it's not okay for me to dissent that it was garbage. Like it's not okay that I'm supposed to think it's good. But why was it good? It wasn't good. It was all turned on garbage. I mean, Niners are dominating ten nothing. Also, the Seahawks. Oh, fumble touchdown. Okay, it's a game again. And then the Niners got a fumble touchdown. It was twenty one ten. Now it's twenty one seventeen. Okay, oh, it's back a game again. And then uh, Kendrick Bourne just completely misses one that hits him right in the mitts, and it pops right into a Seattle defender, and he runs it back like a long way just that's junk that's junk that's not good execution that's just dumb luck dumb luck is part of the game and it is what it is the seahawks won but don't try to sell me that that was some sort of display of you know great play and they're like oh russell wilson what an amazing drive he made yeah just because that guy missed the field goal he got a chance to make the drive yeah he I was say, back up back up kicker kicking the ball in the tunnel it landed in the tunnel that's what I, yeah that, that yeah. wasn't great. i mean clowny though was fun i mean Clown, that was an awesome game to be at live and clowny was just a beast so that's like that was that was pretty fun to watch but i hear you all this other stuff was just a lot of mistakes why, why do i have to why do i have to wave the flag for the nfl what am i the promoter of it what am i the marketing director of the nfl they pay me the a, nfl to market such, their oh what a great game it was everyone's so enthusiastic I don't know, man. I wrote, I wrote a column about this, about arbitrariness. You've got to accept it. It is what it is. But don't what? sell me that it's not arbitrary. That's what makes me mad. That's what was annoying about like, all the referee stuff and the Dean Blandinos of the world. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, such a, such a shit show that the coin toss, they couldn't even, you know, people are saying that Geno Smith said, didn't know if he said heads or tails, and talk about arbitrary. Uh, yeah, what about the most? I don't know if you've seen the tweet, but one ref is it's a clear first down, and the other ref it's not, and that's the difference between them getting the first and that kick being shorter on them. The, you know, when are they just going to put chips and balls? I, I really feel like we're watching black and white TV now, and in 10, 10 short years from now, we're going to look back and just find it hilarious with robot umps and baseball and, and just chips and, and footballs is where they're just marking yeah, the balls. Normal. You know what? I think that's going to come with its own issues. Like I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, it's ridiculous that they're measuring with this chain and it's, it's so anachronistic and it's so imprecise. But imagine like if the thing malfunctions, like at least when you have a human make an error, a human makes a small error. They miss okay, spot. Okay, then by. you just, the backup call is humans. Their humans are right there still, right? I mean, I, I mean, what? That, that, then then, then it comes then, to then our then best case now. Then humans going to have to now. override the system. 
And, and then they're going to be like, well, I don't know. It said it was short. Like, I don't know. I can't really, it didn't look short. You know, it's just going to be a, a disaster. There's going to be malfunctions with that stuff. Yeah. And it could be more like uh, who's in the fix, who's really in the fix, you know, who's right. there yeah. how easy Mike, is it Mike to hack Postle, in there and Mike fix Postle it. Mike might be a poker player. Mike Postle might have his, his guys feeding them info. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's still going to, going to happen. I think you're crazy because the, the, the alternative now is just an absolute joke. It's going to be well, no, mocked. I, I think the alternative, I wrote about this. I think the alternative, well, first of all, the alter- I know what the alternative is not. It's, it's definitely not the fake pass interference rule and Dean Blandino explaining to me yeah. <laughs> that what I actually saw is incorrect and that it's all okay. For me, I, I wrote about this because it is so arbitrary, like what happens in a game, so much of it. And you have to accept it. Otherwise, you can't function. You won't be able to, you know, the woulda, coulda, shoulda will just drive you insane. You have to say, okay, this is how it is. This is how it resolved. And you know, may have been, had some bounces here and there, but in the end, this team won, and that's it. We move on. But I can do that. I'm willing to to do that. The like, deal, I'll do it. But in exchange, don't fucking tell me that it wasn't arbitrary. Don't try to tell me that the pass interference, you know, where the guy just absolutely crushes my guy, the guy I'm rooting for, two seconds before the ball arrives, is a bang bang play. And then when my guy, when I, who I'm rooting for is playing defense, barely touches the guy and they're sort of hand fighting and that's a flag. You know, don't justify it. Just say, hey, they call it how they see it as best they can and it's not always correct and we just accept it and move on. And I think that's kind of how the NFL was in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We just, there were mistakes obviously then just as there are now, but we just moved on. That was that. We, you just had to accept it. It's not perfect. It's how it is. But now they're trying to act like Oh, no, no, we're actually fixing this stuff. And it's making it worse. Not only are they getting it even more wrong and they're wasting our time and ruining the flow of the game, but they're insulting our intelligence and making it even more infuriating. When D. Blandino tells me that this is why this is and that makes perfect sense, I'm, I'm about to like defenestrate. I'm like, why am I even watching this game? It's so stupid. Like, just accept that it was wrong. It's fine. There's a huge difference you know, between just saying, you know what, there's some injustices, your team's got to overcome them. That's it. That's life versus no there were no injustices this is exactly how it should be what a great game that was on monday night what a great game it resolved just how it should have everything was totally right no it was a shit game it was totally junk come on it may have been dramatic it may have been close it may have been exciting at the end but it was junk why don't we just admit that and then we can enjoy the games no, I, I hear you. The, the refs, I mean, the end of the Cardinals game, I mean, they didn't even bother uh, reviewing a blatant pass interference. It's just all kind of a farce. I'm not sure what's worse, the refs right now or the announcers, because the oh, announcers, announcers are just an absolute joke. I know you you view this, the games differently, but I'm telling you, I watch all eight games at once on that game mix, and I'll switch it, and I, I can tell they're wrong. Listen, I'm watching eight games at once, and like, why are you not talking about their Their one job is to, is to talk when a flag on the field and, and the people can't see. They're, they're horrendous, nonstop, weekly. There's nothing more bankable than, than announced sports announcers just being the absolute worst. But yeah, and, and yeah no, they're really justifying bad. what's on the field. They're, they feel their job is to support the product, support the refs, support whatever the call is. So like Rondé Barber's always like, no, that's a good call because blah, blah. And you're like, no, it's a shit call. And you're just saying it the way you think it was, even though we see the replay, you're already wrong and we're watching it together. And you're just saying the same thing, even though the, the video evidence says the opposite, but you're just sticking with what you're saying because a, it's what you said. And B, you're just justifying what the ref did because you feel somehow it's your job to suck up to the league. So you keep your job or something. 
You know, those guys should be like, no, that was a terrible call. And once in a while, like Romo or someone will do that. But man, it's bad. It's really bad. I'd say like eight out of 10 of them or whatever, however many there, I guess there's like 14 in a given week, 12 of them, 11 of them are terrible. No, I'm really not trying to be a dick, but I'm just like curious some of their IQ tests when like they'll show a replay in front of their face and, the, and their opinions will just be just so, so drastically different than the evidence in front of them. I don't know. It's just, they're, it's wild to me. They're, they're, they're really, really, really frustrating at times. But um, how, what, what do we do against spread this week? Uh, it was not, not, two and not three. keeping going. Uh, two and we're, three, it was a couple rough ones. I, I yeah. bought Niners, a couple you liked, uh, didn't I like the Chiefs and they totally, bu- I yeah. mean, they could not have botched yeah. that. Uh, more i mean I, I can't even get into it like they had two field goal attempts the second one would have sent into overtime and made it close to a 50 50 game well not really they were laying three and a half right so it would have been they would have still been dogs but if they got the ball they would have had a good chance to win just get the field goal in the air i mean they had two tries and they never really got the field goal up i mean just miss it wide right just give me that satisfaction that they missed it wide right <laughs> you know they didn't even get the field goal up in the air twice i just that's just i can't believe that See, the other problem is we we're kind of lucky that we won with the Bears minus two and a half, too. I yeah. mean, man, that was just uh, – we were on the right side, obviously, with the points and Stafford not playing. I don't know. Do you think the Bears win that game if Stafford plays? A healthy Stafford. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a very different game, but Nagy has really lost the thread, man. He he was really weird. He, he had a five-yard penalty, and he declined it to make it fourth down. It was like fourth down from like the 38 or something. That was Prater. And then Prater drills a 54-yard field goal in a 3 nothing game where they can't move the ball. And I'm like, dude, you've got your defense against Jeff Driscoll. Just set him back outside of field goal range and let him do third down again with third and you know 10 or whatever. And he just had a brain freeze and declined the penalty. I mean, he's just not functioning. And then they really, I think they just kind of didn't go on fourth and two, and then they punted, and the Lions had a final drive. But, yeah, at least we won that one. And we won the Cardinals one, which thought was pretty solid but no it wasn't a great week yeah thankfully trubisky woke up in the second half and that was just ugly man i'm, I'm off them this week it's two teams you want to buy you know get sell i think we're different on that one but i, I want no part of that bears team moving forward and it is in hindsight it's like why do not hammer their under i even wrote like this is the most obvious regression but like and why don't i go bet on their under they were by far the most like lucky one of the luckiest teams in, in injuries, uh, like the close games, defenses never repeat like this. They're playing a first place schedule. Their quarterback shaky. This was just so so obvious how the Bears season's going. Yeah, but it's easy to see the obvious. I know, of course, there were a lot of obvious looking things that didn't turn out obvious. Correct, yeah. correct, for sure. Um, B, B Chris List, um, uh, we're still doing well. And did you lose like a, a, a crazy one? If I remember right, like Five within point. a week or something. Oh man. That's I, I, I wrote that. about that too. Like, so I was up like 30. It's funny. Christian McCaffrey, I had the Packers minus five. So I was rooting for him not to get that touchdown, but I think he got it. They just couldn't see it. And then I was, but I was, and I was up like 30 or something against Dalvin cook and Dalvin cook got 31. And now I'm wishing they counted that McCaffrey touchdown. Oh, uh, at the very I think end. I went. Eight, I think I went eight zero oh, and one against the spread on the Sunday on the day games, and that and that until that one turned it over to yeah. And then I lost the night games, all the prime time. So that I was totally. He got in right, man. That was frustrating. I thought he got I, in, but they. Yeah. I understand why they didn't overturn it. They, they it's just totally blocked. I mean, that, that's when I was thinking the chip in the ball. I mean, so ridiculous that just randomly there's a player in front of the camera, so we can't get this right. But you know, I, I was and I was complaining. I was like, yeah, it's unlucky, and I was I, I was going to pick up Tannehill instead of Carr, but I just didn't do it the last second but my opponent 
had Daniel Jones on his bench and he started golf. So it's sort of like all the bitching that I'm doing. I mean, he easily should have just crushed me. And, and to me, that was obvious to start Daniel Jones against the Jets over golf on the road in Pittsburgh. That's not even a close call. So, so I should have got Honestly, crushed, I, so. I want to pivot to that. I want to, that's, that sucks a close one, but you're still in first time in second. That's a, I, I like, we'll, we'll keep following that one. That's a good one. Um, you, uh, the Giants, what's your state, man? What, what's it? Because I feel like everyone's so down on them. It's like, well, they lost to the Jets. But my kind of takeaway coming out of that was like, Gettleman, I mean, I like, I know Daniel Jones has all these fumbles, but man, he looks legit to me and Slayton in the fifth round, I'd be kind of encouraged. Or is that crazy? No, I'm encouraged too. I, he has one problem and it's a very bizarre problem, which is like the opposite of almost every other quarterback is people are like, oh, it's really great how he hung in the pocket. He hangs in the pocket too long. He just doesn't believe in the existence of the defense. So he's dropping back to throw and he's looking and his focus is downfield the whole time. And I'm like, dude, get rid of it. The rush is coming. But it's not because he's got happy feet. He's very calm. And then all of a sudden, like, the rush comes and knocks the ball out of his hand because he's not even paying attention to it. It's not like he has bad pocket awareness, like he's not sure where anyone is. He's just not even looking at it. And in some ways, that's a great quality, right? You want your guy just focusing on his plays and not you know, fearing getting hit. But he does it to such a fault that he's going to get hurt. He's going to fumble a lot. It's not ball security. Any quarterback who's ignoring the defense is going to get the ball knocked out of his hand. And then he's eventually going to get hurt because he takes a lot of hits. Uh, So he's kind of a badass. But first of all, Shermer's not doing him any favors. They're not checking it down to Saquon or Gallman or whoever's in there. They never check it down. It's like, give him a check down option. Everything's down the field. They're not making anything easy. He makes great throws. He's super accurate. He's athletic courage in the pocket he just he just has to realize dude after like two and a half seconds you got to move you got to tuck it you got to start getting ready for to, you know to feel some pressure so as a giants fan you know, you'd have to choose one barkley or, or or danny dimes i mean i would choose danny dimes because of course yeah okay. Right. 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 okay but you know I, I love barkley but barkley I don't know what they're doing. They're like, he's not the type of guy that you can like give the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage and there's a defender on him and he's going to like make some crazy quick burst. You know, he's more of like amazingly quick and fast for his size, but he's not Tariq Cohen back there. He's not Barry Sanders. He's not going to like deke six dudes in the backfield. Like he needs to get some speed up and they're just not getting the ball in space. So it's just kind of stupid. I like Shermer a little bit, but it just doesn't seem to make sense the way they're running the offense right now. Yeah, it's pretty insane his futility. Barkley's. I mean, obviously he's not fully healthy, but but yeah, I mean, no no Evan Ingram, no Shepard, uh, Barkley doing that. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd be encouraged is my takeaway. Then I saw some negative. It's like lost to the lowly Jets or whatever. But it's like whatever. It's like as long as you hit yeah, with Daniel Jones. I mean, that's all that matters. Let alone this possible monster in the fifth round receiver. I mean, that's it seems to me I'd be kind of encouraged long term. Yeah, I mean, Ingram's but, um, a flat tire, I think, and then like yeah. And Shepard's got the concussions now. So those guys are probably, I don't know how much of a future those guys really have with the team. So it's Barkley, Danny, Danny Jones, and, and as you said, Darius Slayton. And then they just, they have to get, they have to improve the offensive line though. It's been a, a huge bust and they've invested a lot in it. So that was pretty like, sick when Jamal Adams just took the ball. I mean, that was a pretty, well, pretty ridiculous well, it was also play. because Dan, Danny Dimes is not paying attention to the rush. Yeah. You know, he's just like, right. all right, there's a guy. <laughs> right. um, I, um, yeah the uh that's all but the uh yeah no, anyway, I, I thought it'd be fairly fairly encouraging uh to take away but the uh the um want to get to these week's games uh I, I, one more thing before we do that yeah. so 
you heard about the Astros using like a camera to steal signs and destroy you, Darvish? Do you hear about that whole yes, thing? Yes, I have. Yes, yes. Like, what's going to happen from this? Because, you know, Mike Postal, we talked about that guy. Isn't this the exact same thing? Like, it's one thing to read your opponent in the poker table or if he has a tell, you know what cards he has or you know if his hand is good. That's like stealing signs from second base, you know, if you sort of notice a pattern in the catcher. But you use technology to steal them, cameras. I mean, that's like Mike Postal, right? Isn't that the exact same thing? I think he's pronounced Postal. I could be wrong, but I think it's Mike Postal. But, yeah, it seems okay. very similar. And they're like, I heard that he's scoring more runs and, and, and had a better winning percentage on the road that year. But, wow, yeah, man, this just really sucks. It's like banging the, there's video evidence of banging the garbage. And I've heard from people, whatever. I get, that's obviously been, been a strong rumors of them doing this for a while. I mean, yeah, it's annoying. But it's more than annoying, right? I mean, it's more than annoying. It's Donahue. You may go to jail, right? I mean, this is this is fraud, and it's it, it's if it's wrong on like a small scale in a small you know two five table in a poker room, right? It's got to be more wrong in in this scale or equally wrong. And I thought the Astros were like Mister Analytics. I thought they were so smart. Like, why are they cheating? Like, aren't they smart enough to win without cheating? Yeah, any edge, I guess. Well, that's the weird thing, right? When the strikeouts, uh, you know, zoomed up as soon as Garrett Cole. But I mean, I don't know the 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 spin rate, and they were into all that. But it, there was always a quote unquote secret sauce when they went there. And well, maybe part of that secret sauce is having a little bit more knowledge than your opponent. So I mean, yeah, who 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 suffered? Was it you, Darvish, that got nailed, just lit up in a in a World yeah, Series? He, was like, that destroyed yeah. his confidence for like a year. He's like, I'm not, you know, good enough to pitch at this level, at this stage, getting humiliated on a big stage like that. Yeah. And it was fake. No, this this is a good one to bring up. You're right. This is worth, I mean, that's crazy. If there, if that what it should, looks like, it's totally true. Then yeah. I mean, what, so what should happen then? You're right. If this is an well, absolutely big, humongous. So what, what should we do about it? I don't think you're realizing how big it really is. Like the Astros in that case should not have a world series. I mean, when, when the Spurs right. beat the Suns because Tim Donahue cheated, the Suns should have won. The Kings, the Kings, man. I mean, the, you keep saying Suns, but the Kings are the no, ones. That's the that Suns Spurs series. series also. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Sun Spurs series also. But yeah, and then also the Kings Lakers. I mean, those titles, who knows, right? I mean, it, but at least in, in that case, it was a, a ref cheating. So it's not the team's fault. You can't really dock them their titles because someone right. else was cheating yeah. on yeah. their behalf. They didn't ask for that. Totally different, you know. But this yeah. is like, they're the ones cheating. Like, how can they keep that title? I mean, I, they should almost announce, who were they playing that? Was that the Dodgers that year? Yeah, that sounds right. I yeah. mean, you can't re, you can't rerun it. You can't get those rosters back together. But like the Cubs, you know, whatever series that they, I mean, the Astros. It wasn't the Cubs. It was where was Darvish? Was he in on the Dodgers that year? God, I forget. That sounds right. I think you are right. I think okay. it was the Dodgers. Anyway, yes. I mean, that, they should vacate that championship. And you know, Luna or whoever, however far it goes yeah. up, I mean, those guys should be banned from baseball. I mean, Pete Rose is banned from baseball for betting on it. These guys are outright fucking cheating. Pete Rose, they were saying he bet on his own team. Well, if you bet on your own team, then you do stuff like you overuse the bullpen, you do shit like that, right? Obviously, that's bad. Well, this is way worse. So they were, they were, If Pete Rose bet on his team, there is a possibility that he might do something that hurt the team, like overuse his bullpen. But they didn't, I don't think, prove that he did that. It was just that betting would give him motive and opportunity to do that, and that was enough. This is proof that they did something. This isn't like theoretically their betting might 
caused them to do something. This is they did something. All those people should be banned. Anyone involved should be banned from, I mean, how could you ban Pete Rose and not these guys? Yeah, I'm just looking this up right now. You Darvish, 2017 Dodgers was dealing all, uh, all postseason, and he gets to the two games against the Astros in the World Series. Doesn't last out of the second inning in either. Right. Doesn't record one strikeout. And I remember there was some crazy stat on this. I don't think he did, got one swing and miss on his slider. Something he had, you know, been an awesome pitch all year long. So it yeah, didn't last out of the second inning in in two starts in the World Series against the Astros. So, so pretty what, bad. what do you think should be done? Yeah, I, that's why I asked you because what it, like, you strip so you like officially strip them and there's just no one held the title. That, yeah, I mean, I guess no. I would, I would award it to the Dodgers. I would just say the Dodgers yeah, okay. are the World Series champions. Oh, no, I don't like that as a Giants fan. This is a horrible idea list. Well, I, mean, no, um, I hate uh, the Dodgers too as a Yankees fan, but I, <laughs> I mean, no, I it is what it is. And okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what else. It just shows like how many people over the last few years are like, oh, the the Astros just do it the right way. You know, they they're the analytics. They tank. They did everything right. You know, teams should be more like the Astros. And it reminds me of that George Carlin thing I put on Twitter, and he's like, fuck Lance Armstrong. And that's when Lance Armstrong was like the man. Everyone's like, oh, Lance Armstrong, he beat cancer, and he's such a hero. And it turned out he was cheating like crazy. And George Carlin was like, I'm tired of being told who to admire in this society. So many of the people that are, oh, this guy, he built this giant business, like so much of it is cheating and fraud. And it came up last week because... Bernie Sanders was talking about there shouldn't be billionaires whenever. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that, A, they should have enforced antitrust laws and all, all the sort of the shady stuff that Gates was doing in the 80s and 90s, but it's too late now. He has the money. The statute of limitations is run. I don't think you can just be seizing people's wealth. I think that's a really bad precedent. It's not worth it. But I agree with him that Gates should not have $100 billion. He does, and there's, I don't think we can steal it. But like, it's not, be, I, it's not that nobody should have a billion dollars. I mean, if somebody creates a billion dollars worth of value, I think they should have a billion dollars. If somebody creates a solar-powered water desalinizer that has fresh water for the whole world for free, basically, you should make billions of dollars. You deserve it. You know, if somebody figures out a way to do like nuclear fission so we have free energy and there's no more problems with oil or pollution or anything, of course that person should be a billionaire. Why not? I, I think that... If you add value, you should get value. But I think the truth in society is all these people that we're supposed to look up to, they haven't added that much value. You know, the personal computer, the demand for that would have happened regardless of whether Gates stole some of those ideas and you know, was a good businessman, not a fair businessman, but you know, good at like enforcing his suppliers to go through, through him and making Windows the dominant platform. I mean, you know, he, he was able to direct some of the money toward him but that's different than creating value, right? Like a lot of people in society are really good at like directing the profits toward themselves, but they're not really creating more for everybody. And if you're creating wealth for everybody, if you're creating value, you should get something. You should, de- you deserve that. Well, it's just like any, people think athletes are overpaid, right? I mean, they're creating value, right? I think athletes are creating real value. Like when you watch LeBron or Curry or George Kill or whoever, those guys are creating value. There are people who show up to watch that and enjoy it, and their team wins, and I think that, that that is value. I mean, how much? That's for the market to decide, not me, right? And there's a lot of distortions in the market with printing money and artificial interest rates and a whole bunch of shit that's too deep to get into, but, but they deserve to be well-paid because a lot of people would want to do what they do, and we just can't. We just can't add the value that they can add. 
And so, you know, again, how much is a, is a separate issue? And, and it's not for me to say, but I just think that we need to stop revering people who have been really good, you know, who seem like successes and they get the story told such that they've done all this stuff. But the reality is they've cheated a lot of them and they haven't created that much value. So I, I do agree. I agree that a lot of these guys with all this money didn't really earn it. They just were able to direct the, uh, the proceeds toward themselves. And then what do you do about it now, though? Nothing. I, I mean, I think you, I, I, I disagree with Bernie. I, I agree that he shouldn't have $100 billion, but he does have right, $100 but, billion. Right, right. And I just don't think the $100 billion is worth to the government. Right. I mean, I saw some good tweets like, oh, really? He's going to fix homelessness and whatever else? The, the government had four point, I don't know how much, 4.2 trillion to do it. And now 4.3 trillion is going to be the magic bu- bullet that solves everything. No, they, they should have prevented him from getting all that. But there's nothing you could do because if you start seizing wealth, here's what's actually going to happen. If you seize Bill Gates' wealth, you say, okay, we're going to pass laws, we're going to seize billionaire wealth. Then those billionaires are going to, who have a lot of resources and power, they're going to figure out ways to hide it, get it out of the country, um, divest from things that, that are seizable. And then you'll say, okay, fine. Well, we'll, we'll get from you know, these millionaires now because those are the ones again. And then they divest. Once you set the precedent that we can seize money from citizens based on government need or whatever reason you come up with, it's going to end up being, you know who's not going to be able to defend themselves? The average person. So like when they're like, Dalton Del Don said some, some verse of stuff on the podcast, we're going to seize his wealth. You know, once you allow this, the wealth seizure mechanism to the government uh, without any real justification except you know, this is good or this is too much, very dangerous. So I don't, I don't think we should be going down that road. We already have property taxes. We already have income taxes. But in terms of just flat wealth tax, this is a really, in my opinion, dangerous thing. And, and of course, the governments are not good stewards of wealth, typically. Yes, Bill Gates should not have that much money. There's a lot of cheating going on in this crony capitalism that's not actually capitalism. But then again, the government is also a very poor steward of that money. I saw my guy Haralabob uh, commenting on this, and he basically said uh, his belief is once you reach the minimum requirements, you know, wealth and happiness are not really connected. Uh, what, do, what are your thoughts on happiness with, with and, and wealth? Yeah, I, I think security. I mean, there's never perfect security, right? Because you can get sick, you could lose everything, you, something can happen. So you never have perfect security. So I think like a lot of times, people want more and more to just make sure that I'm totally set no matter what. But, yeah, I think after a certain point where you're reasonably comfortable, it probably isn't. I mean, there's studies done that say that, like, after a certain amount of money, and it's not even that much. It's, like, in the U.S., like, 100 grand a year or something like that is happiness doesn't really go up beyond that. It goes down if you're, like, really struggling, if you can't make ends meet. But if you get to a certain point of, you know, reasonable comfort, I don't think think the studies show that it changes much. Right. All right, I want to get to the... Yeah, but, but I don't think that's a reason not to let people earn money. I mean, I, I, I think. No, no, of course, of course, of course. I'm sorry, kind I of just, a language. Sorry, I'm, money's a language. I know, I, it's a communication sure. of value. If you do something that I value, if you're doing something that I value, I'll pay you for it because it's important sure. to me. It's worth it. And so I'm communicating that, and I'm sending you a message like, "Keep doing this. Like I like this." And and or if I'm not going to pay it for it because I think what you're doing is crap, then I'm also communicating, and it gives you information like, "Oh." This isn't really useful. Maybe I'll think of something else. And if you if you just stop allowing people to make money, um, you're going to really distort the 
the, the language of value, right? I mean, we, we don't want to give somebody money who does something that we don't need. You know, it's like the guy who's washing your window at the gas station that you don't want. Right. You're like, yeah. dude, you're not offering value. Like, I feel yeah. bad. If you want to give the guy money, you can or not, but he's not offering value. It's a, that's a distortion, right? Uh, if someone's offering value, you're like, all right, well, I need this. I'm going to go get it. And that's, that's sort of like a, a human language, you know, is, is a, money enables people to communicate in a way that's incredibly effective that without it, you, you really cannot have this exchange. You can really not understand what it is that people want and what it is that, you know, people find their purpose sometimes by, oh, this is, I'm, I'm adding value to society. And I actually think that, and I read this in this book, um, it's a really good book, and it's, it's obviously true, but it, it's, it's called The Courage to be Disliked. And he says one of the requirements for a human being is to contribute. Everybody wants to contribute. If you're not contributing, then you're not going to be a happy human being. And how do you know you're contributing? Well, one of the ways you know is people say, oh, that's valuable to me. I want some of that. And the language that we often use is money. People think money is right. like some dirty thing, like, oh, that's, don't reduce it to a money thing. But actually, if someone pays for your podcast or someone you know, buys your record or your album, that's profound. That's like, yeah, yeah. I, I value this. Yeah. And you're like, okay, great. I feel good. I'm contributing. Somebody values what I'm doing. That is, it's like, you, it, it, that's, you, I just don't think humans can thrive without a sense of, of communication of that. Oh, yeah. And you want to be productive too. No, totally. I agree with everything you were saying there. I was just curious while on the subject, your thoughts of the connection uh, between happiness and wealth. But yeah, yeah. no, that makes a ton yeah. of sense. I, and, and look, you, you're free to give away your wealth if you want. I'm not saying that we should rely on rich people to give it away because they don't seem to give away that much of it or they do it like in some tax deductible like or some megalomaniacal way like Gates on the meddling that he's doing. But like you definitely can and, and maybe more people would if, if, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not that hopeful that people are just going to give away the money, but they definitely could. All right, you ready to get these games ready? In week yeah. 11, man, the season flies by. I'm sure we say that every year, but it does yeah. go by quickly. Um, Thursday night, we had to uh, staff picks. Everyone had a, a pretty good week, right, for the most part? Except me. I was 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, I've had a good, but by far the best three-week stretch for me in, 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 in Five probably years, ever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Pittsburgh minus three at Cleveland on Thursday night football. Sorry, uh, Pittsburgh plus three. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. Is I thought it was two and a half earlier, and it's like almost three across the board. And I, I liked Cleveland at two and a half, and that's thought it was three, and I was like, I can't give the full three. Can't do it with Cleveland. So I'm on Pittsburgh, and it turns out it's a unanimous pick. Yeah, I don't love it either, but that would definitely be the difference maker, two and a half. Or that would have, would, have, would have factored in probably as well. I don't know. Are the Steelers good, just with definitely limitations at quarterback, but their defense might be really good, and uh, the whole Cleveland situation is kind of a mess. But I don't, I don't love this one. Um, next, uh, Cowboys minus four and a half at Detroit against the Lions. Stafford playing or not? We don't know, right? We don't really know. I don't, it doesn't look great. He's got a broken back. The Lions are kind of out yeah. of it. I, I'm laying the wood here. I think this will go up to about seven if he's out. And Dallas, they suck, but I think they're good as a bully against a bad team. Yeah, you know, I have a couple road favorites I don't love this week. I don't feel as confident this week, but uh, I'm with you here. Uh, I think Dallas bounces back. Uh, I picked them as well. Another one, Saints minus five and a half at Tampa. I'm expecting a bounce back, and I, I took the road favorite. Usually, you know, it might be the sucker play. Tampa Bay, you know, muck it up. Division game. What do you think, Liz? I took the I made this line exactly five and a half, so it was kind of a coin mm-hmm. flip, but I took the Saints. I like to, 
when in doubt, I like to bet on the team that disappointed last week. So given it was 50-50, I took the Saints. Yeah, kind of the same thing here, uh, buying low or selling higher. Uh, Carolina at home, five and a half favorites against the Falcons. I, I laid the points. Yeah, me too. I, I think you know maybe Atlanta's defense is suddenly better with Dan Quinn not calling defensive plays, but I need more than one game to believe that. And I think McCaffrey and those guys are going to go nuts. Yeah, I think they're going to go nuts too. Um, your Colts ended my Survivor final Survivor entry second strike. That was not fun after watching the Saints lose a ton of people. It was a pretty big money fee. Uh, that was uh, annoying, but um, I guess I could have went Bears or something. Uh, Jacksonville plus three at the Colts. Well, you know they the Colts would have only lost one game this year. Vinatieri was just good. I mean, totally. he missed an extra point in that game. They were in field goal range to tie it. And that wasn't an option down four. So they, he lost that one. It was 50-50. They would have only tied it if he made it. But um, Oh, he's, he, uh, he I wrote it, yeah. The week no, before against Pittsburgh, my, he just lost yeah. that game outright. It was a win. It was 40-something yard field goal. And then in week one, they went to overtime against the Chargers. He missed two field goals and an extra point. So he's been killing them. That's really hurt. I, I'm taking Indy. I made it four with Brissett. Now, Foles may be an upgrade, but do we have any real reason to think Foles is an upgrade over Minshew? No, we don't. You're right. No, that Vinny Terry might have cost. It's not a stretch to say he might have cost the Colts three three games this year. And you're right. I, don't, I have no idea what Foles is. And, uh, and yeah, I expect the Colts to bounce back. Who, uh, who whomever is quarterback there. So I reluctantly laid the points there as well. Uh, Broncos plus five and a half at Vikings. I had a hard time. Sorry, sorry. Plus ten and a half. I had a hard time coming up with the best bet this week. This is just an ugly one. The Vikings. You know, everyone probably thinks they're they look so good. Obviously in prime time. But uh, I don't know. I think the Broncos can keep this close. So I took the 10 and a half. I made this exactly 10 and a half. So I had a choice. Yeah. Uh, I took yeah. Denver. I think Denver's okay. I mean, the Brandon Allen on the road in Minnesota seems tough. But I give me the team coming off a bye. Were they off on a bye? They had a bye. Yeah. And like Minnesota's the hot team. And yet it's only a 10 and a half. I kind of like Denver. I mean, I don't love this game, but I, I would take Denver. I mean, for whatever it's worse, but the last time Minnesota looked, you know, big double-digit favorite at home, it took a, a Case Keenum injury for that game to be close. But um, I don't know. I've been underrated the Vikings all year. Maybe they are one of the three best teams in football, and they just kill them. But I really did not love any 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 bets this week. Jets plus one at, at Redskins. I took the Redskins. I, I needed one and a half. It's actually just moved back up to one and a half. So I'm a genius. See, I knew exactly the difference. So literally I took Washington because they were only laying one instead of one and a half, but that is such a marginal thing. Who the hell knows? I mean, how can you have a strong feeling about this game? Yeah, totally. We're different on one actually here. So I, I took the Jets and it was mainly just a Dwayne Haskins factor, but exactly who the hell knows. Uh, Bills minus six at Dolphins. This was one of the quick ones. I considered this for a best bet. Uh, that seems like a lot of points for a Dolphins team. That's solid enough. So definitely like Miami here. Yeah, me too. I think it's an easy call. Okay, so I think we're different on this one, though. Texans plus four at Baltimore. I took the points just thinking, you know, I mean, the Ravens is so high right now. It looks so good. Houston's a legit team. I expect this to be a field goal game, so I, I took the points. Yeah, I think uh, Houston's defense is suspect, and Baltimore's going to chew it up. And Watson is a wizard, but I think the better coaching, slightly better defense is going to get to them. So I laid the wood. 
Yeah, I got Watson at what I forget, 22 to 1 or something MVP before the season. So it's a big game here for, for him against Lamar Jackson, although Russell Wilson's uh, pretty, pretty ridiculous too. All right, the late games, Cardinals plus 11 and a half at my 49ers. I, um, I saw the spread before the Monday night performance and was like definitely taking the points there, even though I'd been making the Niners the best bet. The, the lines had officially gone too far, and then the Niners are now dealing with all kinds of injuries and playing five quarters on a Monday night. And the Cardinals are good, so I actually considered this one as a best bet, too. And that's not just me being you know, pessimistic as my team. Uh, I think the Niners will bounce back, but 11.5 is far too much. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Kyler Murray's scary. I mean, uh, even Survivor, I downgraded. The Niners should have been my top Survivor pick based on the Vegas numbers and the polling numbers. And I made them number two behind Minnesota because even though, again, more people were on Minnesota, because I just think Kyler Murray's a dangerous player. Yeah, no, he's good. Yeah, Christian Kirk's pretty pretty good too. So yeah, okay, I would consider using that one. Um, Patriots minus three and a half at Philly. I don't know. This was another. Uh, maybe I'm dumb. And now with with, with Jeffrey Hurt, who's their wide receiver going to be? Uh, Aguilar. So I don't know. This one easily came to me as Philly, and I would, was going to push to use it. But now with the receiving core, it might be that bad. And always going against Patriots, you always feel dumb. So what do you think? I took the. Eagles also I, I don't feel strongly about it though because for the reasons yeah. you said and just that well both sides it's like Philly has no upside on offense I mean especially without Jeffrey but they don't have Deshaun Jackson yeah, he's gonna make I a know. play I mean especially against yeah. that secondary they just can't make a play it's all gonna be Ertz and you know the Patriots are gonna take away Ertz so they're gonna throw to Goddard they'll run like, yeah they'll run they'll run, Sanders, and they're they're gonna run it I mean how are they yeah. gonna score points but then again New England the way to beat Philly is go over top and how would <laughs> right. do that? New England doesn't do that. Uh, speaking of which, how does Josh Gordon make that crazy catch on third and 12 or whatever on his ankles? Come on, man. Our, our guys are dropping the ball left and right, and Josh Gordon's off the couch making these shoestring catches. Anyway, um, Bengals plus 10.5 at Raiders. Uh, what a crazy game that Thursday nighter was. I knew I shouldn't have changed it last minute on this podcast. I, I said to the Chargers, uh, I, I took the points here, but definitely one I don't feel strongly about this week. Yeah, I like the Raiders. I, I was I made it exactly ten and a half. So weird. I was so on the money with these lines. I mean, I'm not trying to guess the lines, but I'm. They've been pretty close, and uh, this one was around the money. But I thought, you know, who's been more underrated against the spread this year? Is it the Raiders yeah. or the Bengals? And definitely the Raiders. The Raiders are just oh, not yeah. getting full credit. Oh no, yeah, but no argument here. They're, they're super solid for sure. I could see it. Yeah, if you. Yeah, if you if you liked them, I, I wouldn't argue. Like I said, this was. But you got to fade them in Survivor this week because. They're 57% owned. You have to fade them. It's not even, you know, I did the math. Like, you got to take one of the other teams, even if it's like Carolina or or the Rams. Yeah, I can see it. Speaking of which, uh, Sunday night game, Bears six and a half at the Rams. I'm laying the wood here, as I alluded to earlier. The uh, Maybe Trubisky turned the corner of the second half, but I think that's a problem, that team. Uh, obviously, the Rams have their own problems, but I think defense. They're going to win it with defense and running. Yeah, I took the Bears. I, I it was seven initially, and I really liked it at seven. It's like, I made it six, so six and a half is not as good. But yeah. I just don't think the Rams are good enough to be laying major points against a good defense. They're just not a good team. Yeah, how does Cooper Cup get zero catches against a team that came in allowing the most fantasy points to the slot? Pretty pretty wild. So something is wrong with them. And Gurley's just I don't know, man. Something's weird. Weird there, although that's not going to lead to anything for any of those guys like myself who hoarded the backups. So, well, kind I of weird situation. Henderson, I won't drop Daryl Henderson in our league, the Beat Chris list league. I just think 
if the Rams fall out of contention, they may shut Gurley down, and all of a sudden they may be like, wow, this guy's, if he got like 15 carries a game, he might just blow up. Isn't it, I will say as a, an NFC West guy, the, the Seahawks, uh, their tenure lasted a lot longer than I expected. Just well done, man, just constantly. What a trade. Just looking back at that clowny trade just recently is so annoying. And even that uh, the Quandry, Quandry Diggs trade or whatever, he's playing well. Uh, the Rams' tenure is dominant. might be short-lived. Like, are they really solved? And are they already locked into these crazy contracts? No, they're and done. Jared Goff's a total – like, really, like, that's what I'm saying. You're already saying they're done. I mean, that's pretty wild. If you the Rams – Whatever. Nine months ago, it looked like the Seahawks were completely on the – decline and the rams are going to be the next dominant force of the conference for the next half decade well here's the interesting thing right so russell wilson's on the seahawks yeah sean mcveigh sean mcveigh looks like chip kelly now he had like a good idea it worked for a while it got solved he didn't adapt very much so what if he can memorize the phone book you know who cares He's got to adapt. He's got to readapt, and he has people like favorites. myself were clicking his name on Twitter polls over Bill Belichick. You know, as the as the more valuable property moving forward. Yeah. Well, that's that's like people saying Jonathan Broxton was better than Marin Rivera that year. He like went crazy, or you know, it's like, yeah, it's one thing to do it for a year or two. It's another thing to, to do it year after year. And like Russell Wilson is that guy. You know, Russell Wilson is the Belichick level guy for the Seahawks, and Pete Carroll's a good coach. He's not as good as Belichick, but he's a good coach. Some of these guys, I'm starting to respect, like, even Ron Rivera. Like, they make dumb decisions, but the Panthers are, like, pretty competitive most seasons. You know, no matter whether it's Kyle Allen or whoever, they're competitive. And, you know, Mike Tomlin, like, they were 1-4 and four or whatever, and they lost their quarterback. Oh, yeah. 5-4. Like these guys know how to coach. They're not necessarily that fourth down shit that they do. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. But that's just a small part. I mean, it's important, but... There's a lot more to coaching than just that. So I kind of have respect for the, those guys who have like routinely contending teams year after year that seem to play hard. And even if there's like they lose Newton or they lose Roethlisberger, it doesn't seem to matter that much. Yeah, the Mike Vrabel, I believe, has never lost with a halftime lead. And, and in all seriousness, he's terrible, Mike Tom- but maybe, yeah, maybe he's a good coach in the other respect. <laughs> Mike Tomlin uh, has impressed me most this season of all, for sure. Like, definitely. Um, what a trade that Mika Fitzpatrick. It not That's just twofold. Every win then makes their draft pick lower. So, crazy. Uh, Monday night, I'm glad you put Mexico City. I forgot it was there at first. Uh, Chiefs minus three and a half against the Chargers. I'm on the Chiefs here, but I, I think it's whatever, fairly a coin flip. I hate going against the Chargers. But I, I will say I think you've lost your mind because I believe you not only are on the Chargers, but you, you made them your best bet. I did. I just, I just see this as like, I think Kansas City's vulnerable. I, they should be better with Mahomes, but against Tennessee, they just couldn't quite get it done. And they botched those field goals, but... Yeah, I'm worried you overreacted because you, you fought for the Chiefs last week, so I'm worried you're just overreacting to them because they, they let you down last week. I don't know. The Chargers are a team that can hang with the Chiefs. They know them. They, play, they beat them last year, didn't they beat them on their run last year when they were, the Chargers were doing well? And it just seems... Doesn't Rivers lead the NFL in passing yards? I believe he does. Does Rivers leave the out? Yeah, he's got yeah. a ton of yeah. attempts. Yeah, crazy. And um, remember, right. like, at one point, like, Eckler was basically a receiver. They didn't really have a running back. All they did was throw to Eckler and throw to yeah. – yeah. they just sure. threw every time. But, uh, yeah, I just think that the Chargers, they don't have Derwin James for another couple of weeks, unfortunately. But I think they're going to show up, and it's going to be a game. And you never know with the Chargers, but I just think the three and a half is good. Like, it's going to be a tight game. I think Kansas City might win, but – chargers have turned a corner they lost to the raiders but they easily could have won that game that was in oakland on a short week and oakland's good and they could have won that game and it was a tough turnaround after beating green bay like that's 
that's a fired up Oakland crowd, not ready for that team to leave. That was a good atmosphere there too. Look like I um I think uh, Rivers made just some of the horrible, horrific passes as someone was yeah. on that side. He was brutal a couple passes there. But also, right, as I had ten days off too. That's another yeah. bonus for them. Uh, yeah, good call. As I suspected, um, it's going to be not not as easy as the last couple of weeks coming up with teams. But judging by your reaction, I feel like Dolphins and Cardinals maybe, or, or what, you, what were you thinking? I wasn't huge on the Cardinals because the Niners. Yeah, okay, that's good. fine. I don't like to go against my Niners anyway, so forget I them. Mean, okay, I, so. I would take the Cardinals, but nah, I, don't I guess, go. Okay. I guess the ones that those. jump out at me most are the Chargers, and it's not a lot of a lot of games that I really like. I guess I like I know, Dallas. Golf. I guess I like Dallas. I think Dallas may be the free square when it is four and a half and it goes up to six and a half when Stafford's confirmed right. out. Right. So I think Dallas, the Chargers, and I've been losing on Dallas every week, but it is what it is. Maybe Carolina, I kind of like. Yeah, uh, I, I like. I could do Denver if you want. I wouldn't have thought of it, but if it's your best bet, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, if that's and over ten, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I kind of like Arizona. The more that you, the more that you talk about it, it's just Kyler Murray's gonna. He's he's a problem, and I think I think that I don't think Arizona can really imitate Seattle that well. They have some pass rushers though, Arizona. But it's just that you got to. No, they got a. They had a bunch of injuries. who were banged up in a five quarter game. I mean, I, I really I like the healthy Niners, man. I, I'm I'm still really like whatever. I think they're, they're gonna. That was just a crazy game with some balls back and forth. But they're hurt. They're they're hurt right now. So I, I think that's a lot of points. If Kittle doesn't really, play, you just do what Seattle did. You just absolutely sell out to crush the run, and then let you. And that offense. You. I mean, without Sanders and without Kittle, I mean, it's it's kind of. I mean, I like my guy Debo. That's coming a big line. Play. Arizona's like a league average team. Yeah. So and they're probably yeah, getting better. Yeah, let's take, let's uh, use it, man. I'm sorry to say, you'll still win. You get no, I, I think so. I, yeah, no, I, I personally think as far I, I thought that line is far too high. So yeah, okay, okay. And then um, what else? Uh, what you didn't you didn't mention Dolphins? You don't you, that one came quickly oh, yeah, to you. But you think it's easy? Still? I mean, I, okay. It's it seems like the Bills are the contrarian yeah. play, but I don't even mind the Steelers getting the full three. Yeah, if they do get the yeah, we'll see the line coming out. Okay, all right, we'll we, have we to check that Steelers. Tonight, but, I, I could get rid of the Cowboys. I sort of don't really like the feel of that. Steelers, Panthers, Cowboys, yeah. Broncos, Niners, and Chargers. Or we could we could get rid of the Panthers and use the Dolphins. Right. Okay. All right. You said Niners, beat the Cardinals. So all right. Cool. We'll look at those lines. Yeah. We'll, we'll compare those lines. We have six teams written down. So we'll. Uh, We'll look at those when they come out this afternoon. And if it's a Thursday game, we'll get in before. Actually, you know, I looked at it. I'm pretty sure I have until uh, until noon Thursday so we can talk on the XM show. Okay. So either yeah, final either on the show. It's a good. Good yeah. plan. Um, all right. Uh, what else? Um, anything political? Do you have any do you have any opinions on this? The whole political ads and free speech and Jack Dorsey and all that? I'm sure you have to have some opinion of this. I mean, I, I agree with oddly Mark Zuckerberg and that they shouldn't be policing any of this shit because. It's you know Facebook's the public square now. I mean, I deleted Facebook, but you know, it's it basically just that it's not. Oh well, it's a private company; they need to police their. Now it's a public square, and it's up to people to decide what's true and what's not. And if you make certain, you know, then you're just going to have factions like saying, "Oh, like what they're saying is not true." And, and it's crazy because, like, I really think like this, you know, the whole election interference thing is really going to backfire and. They're going to find out that the FBI and CIA colluded to prevent Trump. But if you talk to um, Clinton supporters, you talk to just generic Democrats that have been reading New York Times and watching MSNBC, 
They're going to be like, you're out of your mind. That's just totally false. And so if they're in charge, if people like that are in charge of what's true, they're going to delete what I think is true. And there's people who are, think that, you know, what they think, it just, I just don't think humans are equipped to say with certainty what's true. They're, it's going to just end up being like whoever has power is going to suppress dissenting views. And so, of course, you can't suppress that. I mean, why are they, why is the New York Times even asking for suppression? I know why they are, because, you know, they want to sort of, they want to control, they want to control, the, the old legacy media wants to control the message. And they can't on social media. So they, they want to suppress they want social media to suppress the other message. And it's frankly just like pathetic. Yeah. All makes sense. Um, anything else in your mind, Liz, this week? Uh, not really, probably, but no, nah, I think we covered enough. It'll be a, a right. good uh, a good edit for me in this podcast that I need to get. Yeah, started. I wasn't I didn't want to bring up Nick Chubb and argue with you about him. I was not in the mood. <laughs> so because I heard you talking on the XM show and you just had my blood boiling earlier. So we can just, uh, we can well, talk just say more one thing. I, I you, you literally like, yeah, yes, we'll continue. Probably reignite this, but I just, that draws, you know, our producer at XM, you have to submit like clips, XM clips for the FSGA awards. So he said, he's like, I just said, just pick them out. Cause I always think we should win, but we, we haven't won since like 2010, like the first year or whatever, the first year we did it. So I was like, I don't care. You just pick whatever you want. Just, you know. And I thought, and he sent me the clips that he picked and I listened to them and I thought they were good. But one of them was me in the preseason saying the exact same thing I'm saying now. And I didn't know that I had said that in the preseason. I'm just, I was just sort of saying, well, obviously he's coming back, but I was actually saying that before the fact, it turns out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. But I know. But it's just that odd that you, you you're under the impression that that Kareem Hunt hurt Nick Chubb this last week. Correct. Well, he, he did a little bit. I mean, you know, he's he because I, I, I again, I hesitate to bring this up. I even had a conversation with my wife and I said, you know, I'm, I'm really after listening to this this morning. You know, I really am rethinking everything because, man, I take all this your stuff. You say serious health wise, political, you know, even I was thinking recently, you know, I'm like. After looking into um, Warren and you know how much money spends on war, I was thinking, it's like you know what, Liz is probably right. Tulsi Gabbard. What matters most is like death, you know, war and all that. So really, like you know, Liz is probably right, and that's what matters most of all. Thinking of that, but you know what, I'm reevaluating everything now after your stance on this is a yes, because statement. of this. Ch- yes, this is this I'm is reevaluating. Yeah, this is exactly, exactly what we talked about a few yeah. podcasts ago. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the guy got, I mean, Nick Chubb got the six highest snap percentage among all running backs this week. I'd be at seven higher than his normal, his normal rate, higher than his normal rate. Yeah, but they were on the field at the same time. So you can't count those snaps. Like, okay, let's say Chubb and Hunter on the field at the same time. And the ball is a pass to to Hunt. Is that, oh, well, he got a high snap percentage. Great. He ran more routes, far more routes uh, on 61% of the dropbacks, far more than the last two weeks. He saw the four targets. 113 of his 116 yards came when Kareem Hunt was also on the field as Nick Chubb. So if anything, I think it helped him. He lined up in the slot a lot. Uh, Mike Clay. So you're, you're happy this, about this? You think it's a good de- a positive Mike, development Mike, for Chubb? That's not what we're arguing. The argument is what happened week week ten, and then, and I just give up if the argument then is that he, that that it was a detriment. I just no, give up if that's, we're not if that's the conclusion. What happened week ten? If that is that's, that, well, you like, think that's, that's what we're arguing? Is what happened week ten? That's what that's what I've I've heard people say is that is that Kareem Hunt's presence hurt Nick Chubb? No, we're you're, we're saying 
Kareem Hunt's presence is a problem for Nick Chubb going forward, whether or not it actually hurt him. He actually, Chubb could have scored two or three touchdowns last week had he uh, been able to get in the end zone, but that wasn't affected by Hunt, obviously. And had he scored a couple touchdowns, that people would be saying, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's, it, Chubb's doing just fine. But I don't think that it's just about what happened week 10. It's that you had this guy who was the clear bell cow only game in town back. Dontrell Hilliard was the other guy. And then, especially after Duke Johnson got traded. And then now there is a very legitimate, very talented back sharing snaps and carries with him. I mean, they get on the field at the same time, but there's only one ball. And I just don't see how anyone in the right mind could say, oh, that doesn't matter. It's just as good as before Hunt came back. So Mike Clay has a stat called uh, uh, Opportunity Adjusted Fantasy Points. It just means quote-unquote expected fantasy points. And um, the Week 10 leaderboard, the number one player in all of fantasy was Nick Chubb. The very week he shared the field with Kareem Hunt. So I just think it's weird to dunk on me. And uh, and claimed that that was the right thing is you know when when Chubb has been literally the fourth best fantasy running back in a point per game basis so far this year when the Browns had the lowest so range far this year outcome. because Hunt right and, and there. The one week I'm just saying it's a weird thing to claim victory as all I'm saying I'm not it's claiming victory really- I'm I'm not claiming victory I, we, we don't really know Hunt can get hurt tomorrow and can be fine but what I'm trying to say is that had you. Had Hunt been, okay, so let me ask you this. Let's put it this way. Let's say Hunt were there week one. He weren't, let's say his suspension were overturned. You would not have taken Chubb at four. I mean, obviously Hunt's presence is a negative. I mean, I don't know what, how that's even debatable. How could that would not you be have lowered, Would you have lowered Barkley in your rankings if Kareem Hunt was coming back on the Giants in week 10? Hell yes. If, if they signed a guy that cost them a hit PR-wise who was a talented player and they took the hit uh, because this guy on the team, okay. yeah, of course I would have. Right, so how low though? Out of the out of the top ten, and I would have even more. I would have I would have downgraded him even more if Barkley's weakness was pass catching, and because Hunt's a really good pass catcher. Because then all of a sudden that the whole thing about Chubb moving up the board was like when Duke Johnson was gone, it's like holy shit, this guy's got it all. You know, it was like this this guy's got the whole thing to himself, and now he doesn't. It's it doesn't mean he's not still valuable. I mean, Derrick Henry's really valuable, but Chubb is more like Derrick Henry. It's not a bad thing to be. But Again, he ran more routes than he ever ran the, the one last week, and he saw four targets. But it gets just a weird thing. I mean, why can't, what is it? What does it matter how many uh, routes, uh, how many targets that Cream Hunt got if Chubb gets four every game? Does it matter if Hunt gets zero or a hundred? Like it doesn't matter. Okay, with the, yeah, with let the me ask targets. you this: it's So weird. Do you it's think weird? if Chubb were to get four targets a game the rest of the season, then I would and twenty carries like he got then I would say Kareem Hunt's presence does not matter. Okay. But are you willing to bet that Chubb does not lose targets with Hunt on the team? That no, Kareem Hunt might absolutely hurt Nick Chubb moving forward. And I have no yeah. problem also admitting when I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time. You brought up Duke Johnson. I love him. This, and just in this case, I'm just saying the evidence that we have has not hurt him yet so far. And a lot of the that's narrative. Not, nobody's arguing that. That's like a straw man. I'm not saying. I'm not no, saying. That's oh. exact, you just literally said he's dunked on me in the XM. I was, said that because you, you, you said that. You or Jeff said that. No, I mean, that's well, what Jeff, Jeff said it's always victory. fun to dunk on Dalton Del Don. But I was just trying to say, look, Kareem Hunt is a factor. I wasn't saying he. I think we're getting a nuanced point here, but I wasn't saying he hurt Kareem. Uh, he hurt 
Nick Chubb this game, I said, clearly, Kareem Hunt isn't just some backup who's a non-factor coming back. He's clearly a major part of the offense, and that is bad news for Chubb. It may not have been bad news in Week 10, but, I mean, here's the best-case scenario. Not how many carries or catches Chubb had. Even if Chubb only had one target last week and 20 carries or 16 carries and one target and no goal line carries because the Browns weren't good, but Kareem Hunt got zero targets and five snaps, I would say, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Hunt's not important. Maybe that, that wasn't something that should have been considered. But given the size of the role that Hunt given had, that I don't see how anyone who drafted Chubb fourth overall can't say, oh, shit, this is a timeshare. I wouldn't have drafted this guy this early if I knew he'd be in a timeshare for half the season. That to me is because he's labeled because he's labeled running back as well. Okay, because again, I mean, he lined up in the slot or out wide on fourteen of his thirty-eight snaps. Cream Hunt. So, I'm, right. Well, I, again, the best case scenario for you is that it becomes Eckler Gordon and that Chubb is Gordon and Hunt is Eckler. I'm also bringing this up is because Hilliard was so involved too. It was, it's been frustrating all year. Like, believe me, like it's a Chubb owner. Like it's it's, it's a it's a horrendous situation. They couldn't score from the three-yard line, eight straight plays. I mean, it's a joke. And they played Pittsburgh, I think, two of the next three games. So Chubb's going to be extremely frustrating probably down the stretch. So uh, I'm sure that Hunt well, very well may affect but, him moving but let's forward. Look at so Hilliard. Argue, I guess let's look at Hilliard. Hilliard's season high in targets was four. Oh, yeah. It was never like this. No, no, for sure. I'm just Hunt saying they're using nine targets. It's like a, they're using him like a, as like a, I'm saying, a, a, like basically a wide receiver. And it affected Chubb through one game of 60 minutes of, of evidence. Zero. In fact, it helped his yards per carry in a big, big way. That's, that, fine. that's all I'm saying. I'll concede okay. that if, if the if it plays out like it did last week, Chubb will be fine. Well, of course he'll play it concede then because there's a there's no objective argument the other but, way. But oh but yes, I, and I don't I think, think it's I, necessarily gonna But I think but, you okay. need to concede right. that not knowing what Kareem Hunt's usage was gonna be before last week, you should be alarmed that his usage was significant immediately, before he probably even knows the whole offense. It was significant. He's gonna be okay, around. Me, he, he's this a is a better way of this is a better way of framing this, but I know you hate just weekly rankings and stuff, but man, okay. Like I'm not moving Nick Chubb one, like a half an inch lower on my rankings. I didn't last week and I'm not this week. So like, I wish I'd ask you and I wish you could compare running backs right now and look at the running back landscape and tell me I'll, like I'll where you would Jeff rank. rankings. Jeff ranks him every week. I could look at it. Okay. So like, I mean, that, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like obviously I'd rather hunt, not be there, but like his, his ECR and fantasy pros right now is, is a running back seven. And you're trying to claim like, and it's a horrible matchup. Like, <laughs> I, all right. Yeah, anyway. Jeff has him at eight. I, I, he has Connor at eleven. I'd rather have Connor than Chubb this week because Connor's going to catch passes. All right. All right. Yeah. Who would you rather have, Connor or Chubb this week? Uh, Chubb. All right. I mean, I, he's got Connor's banged up. That's the only issue. But like, if Connor plays, obviously it's a no bet if Connor doesn't play, or if he doesn't play at least three quarters. Let's say. But let's bet 20 bucks. PPR points, Connor versus Chubb this week. Okay. All right. All right. I'll do that. And All right. just illustrate, Connor was a perfectly good early second round pick. Late first, early second. You know, that's oh, where Chubb should have gone. That's, that's my thesis. I, I'm not saying that Chubb's okay. not good. I think Chubb's really good. I think he's a good, I think he's a better 
runner. Okay, but again, though, where you have banked the fourth most valuable points per game running back from now week eleven. Now you have that banked in you, though. You understand that, right? And this is again a yeah, horrible Brown situation. This is cannot believe that Mayfield's touchdown in, in INT yeah. ratio. It's insane. Yeah. But I mean, again, you're, you're, you're banking the stats that. Hunt didn't exist. I mean, you're, you're banking the stats where this problem. And didn't we knew exist. that Hunt. There was a zero percent chance Hunt was going to return before week ten. We knew that. That yeah, was sure. Right. So you're, you, let's let's bank the stats. You know, let's see what the stats are weeks nine through seventeen in total, and, and then we'll see. You know, we'll see I'm, how. Yeah, I'm saying like Hunter in the fantasy playoffs. Like we'll see what yeah. the timeshare is right. like. You know, we'll see exactly. if Hunt maybe gets right. some goal line carries once in a while. You know, I mean, right. And we'll let, see if Connor can return and play. All, all again. If, if I own Chubb, I am very alarmed. That the hunt thing could have been nothing. I think most people said, "Well, Chubb's going to be so good, you know, Hunt's not going to have a huge role." And it's funny because the clip, I was like, "Oh, you know, maybe if the I actually thought the Browns would be good, I'd be like, you know, maybe they're going to ease off uh, Chubb's workload, you know, save him for the playoffs. Who knows?" But it was a, a legitimate open question before last week whether Hunt was going to be heavily involved. It is no longer that question is, I think, resolved. Do you not agree? Well, I think Hunt will be heavily involved. No, that is resolved. Hunt yeah. will be and heavily I think, involved. And, and you cannot, I mean, I just don't see how you can argue that that's not to his detriment. It, it will be a little bit. I still think there's only maybe like three or four running backs that I'd feel more comfortable with right now with Kareem Hunt on their roster healthy. Right. I'm saying it's still but that's only also just like, because, you know, I mean. That, and with just, the Browns it, having it so the happened that Le'Veon Bell again. and the Jets sucked. And, uh, it so happened that, and you know, some guys. With the, but that was my argument. If you read my card, that's what I said. McCaffrey obviously did not have any, but all those guys had question marks. I mean, this is not like shocking that Barkley. No, it's not shocking that, that the Jets I mean, would not produce a. Wow. Camara got banged up. No way. You're kidding me. Wow. I no, mean, this Alvin is like, Kamara, I mean, Chubb easily could have gotten banged up too. You can't like claim Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's just like, Oh, Alvin Kamara got banged up. Yeah. Chubb stayed healthy. Obviously. Well, of course Kamara was going to get, I'm, okay. All right. All right. Whatever. I mean, okay. you can't, you can't claim victory. Okay, I'm not saying Chubb was a bad pick. I'm saying people just dismissed that this possibility, which was a certainty. And then people are like, well, look, he's been so good. It's like, yeah, I mean, Kamara, Barkley, Bell, they've gotten banged up. They've, they got hurt. I mean, fine. That's fine. I mean, but there, was, there wasn't a greater chance that Kamara was going to get hurt than, than uh, Chubb. It's just, it's just the, the, Brown, the Browns were twelve to one with the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. The, uh, the, again, the other outcome could have been him just putting up a whatever, maybe not McCaffrey type season, but it would have been you know a very no, humongous type season too. But, yeah. but also, yeah, his his skill set's problem, right? But the um the the bad pick thing is is where we start there. If you don't claim that, then fine. But I heard you specifically say that that how could these people? You know, it was a bad pick because they ignored that this was not a certain you know going to certain happen. So that's fine if you don't claim that. If I don't, if you don't think no, no, that, I'm I'm hey. claiming I'm claiming that it was bad process. It turns out it was a decent <laughs> result. But all right, okay. I'm, well, I'm claiming, I laid it all I'm out claiming more, that, you, that you're basically yeah. just ignoring something you knew, and then like it happens, everyone's like, oh, I don't know where to go. But who's ignoring it? I'm not. I didn't ignore it. We still draft. I didn't ignore it, and we're here. And I'm still not ignoring it. And I'm telling you, it's not affecting his rankings much, even this week. Even with the best case, Hunt coming back healthy and getting a crazy amount of snaps didn't lower him on my rankings once. One, he still ranked seven. But, but maybe you're eight. a little pot committed for for in your rankings. Not no. I just said his ECR, not me. And and and, okay. and, and Jeff, Jeff has him at eight. Yeah. Jeff, I'm Hit looking me. at Jeff. He Hit has him at eight this week. But remember, there's. Who's on by this week? Aaron Jones. I'd rather have Aaron Jones than Chubb seven. going forward. His expert consensus ranking is seven against the, uh, the, an awesome defense. Right. Uh, right I'd rather have Aaron Jones, who's on by. Who else is on by this week? Uh, I don't know that. Who else is on by? 
Aaron Jones is a baller. I'm not going to argue with you there. Aaron Jones. Is- uh, I don't know. Let's move on. I um. Uh, okay. Move on. <laughs> What I, I mean, what, it doesn't really. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, it was just something that was totally overlooked, and it ended up being a fine pick because a lot of the guys around there, not just running backs, but also DeAndre Hopkins, hasn't been a great pick. Julio Jones, all those guys. So you, you, you know, it's turned out that he stayed healthy. He's he's been obviously not as good as the. He could have been better if the Browns were better, but you know, that's sort of like, oh well, he he's the one who didn't get hurt, so it was a good pick. Well, you know. It doesn't mean that, you know, that I, this was an, an important factor to consider. All right. You know, listen, we brought up the, we, we talked to the Browns game on Thursday night. You didn't bring it up. So I blame myself. I couldn't help myself here at the very end. I had to bring it up. And so I, I blame myself, but um, a couple random things just before we get out of here. Uh, well, dead spin going, you know, shuttering was horrible. It's a great creator of news. They had really good writers and now air yards went quiet this week. And that was a disaster too. So, and I really started thinking, man, you're just such like I was so beholden to just the information presented to me. I think Rufus said it well, you know, you either have the amount of information and how you process it. And well, man, just it, it's, it was something I thought about with dead spin going down, just horrible. If you guys don't know what happened with that situation, I got a bad rap in the first days, but that was a fantastic website the last few years. Absolutely. Probably my favorite entire dead spin. Inter- yeah. Yeah. It was oh, absolutely really? oh, the loss is absolutely horrible. There's smart, smart, very smart people working there. And just, it's an absolute fucking shame. What happened to them? They're really, really whatever I- reputation they had from the past, don't ignore it. There was the smartest people on the internet right in there. And it was a really? fantastic site. I, and was, that's the first so, time I've heard that. I've heard a lot of people. Damn shame. Really? Damn shame. I, yeah. Every time I got sent to a link there, it's going to be another scissor stain. We're going to fight about this. And I was like, this is just some fucking, I just felt they well, were just that's like, everything perfect. I'm not going to go completely to bat for them, but I'm, I'm not saying anything out of school there. Some of the best writing was produced by dead spin there. I can't, even, I can't even think of anything that memorable that I read from them, but I was, you know, to be honest, I didn't read that much. So maybe I was missing a lot of it, but sure, I can't sure. even think of um, one thing that they wrote. And then, yeah, well, probably famous, like breaking the Monte Teo thing, whatever, but no, they, there was good journalism, but this is a curation, but there was, it was smart and it was, uh, and it was, uh, it was, it was a little bit more thoughtful and they would go into the political world too. And that's well, ironically, or maybe not ironically, but what got them all fired, um, not sticking to sports. You realize that's what happened, right? There, a, a big owner bought it and said, you guys have to stick well, to sports. And then yeah, they just started. I, I know the story of these private equity guys brought, bought it. And basically just started trying to make it in their image. And then the staff was like, fuck off. And they fired them basically. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I don't know why private equity, I mean, they just, you know, I don't respect buying something to just monetize the, you know, the user base ruthlessly and just dump it. I think that's a bad, it's a very bad trend and it's gone on for a while, but, uh, yeah, super year. They had a lot of traffic. It's doing well. I mean, for as far as websites, you know, it's tough to, to do well. And it was our, it had it there and it I'm had just, the I'm name. just trying to understand what, what their niche was. Like, I don't even know. I know they were like super snarky. And, but a lot of the people that, I mean, I, I follow some different people on Twitter. They were like good riddance to them. So I don't, Those I, I don't, I don't know if they're, they're thinking of the old, the old regime. If they're thinking if they're thinking of that, because they had this, a bad reputation from, from way a long time ago for other stuff. But, uh, those are all super, what super were they smart. writing that was so informative and interesting. I don't know. I just, I just don't, that I, cause I read one or two things. It was just in that vein of the stuff you're supposed to say, like in, you know, with the rules of today's society. Uh, they would, say, they would, like they would very, typically say what's not to say, but you're, I don't know, you're talking about a website that produced, you know, whatever, 30 plus things every, every yeah, day. I probably read so five, I probably five things in five years. So I'm, I'm not the yes. best 
Yeah. Anyway, and you got to also remember, I'm not a very smart person and very lowbrow, so I'm sure you have to also factor that in as well. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, if you know, if you recommend a TV show, I check it out. I, if you recommend an article from them, I'm I'm happy to read it. I just sure. I'm just surprised. I'm just uh, very surprised. I, I'm not, you're the only person I've heard people just because there's people in general, and I understand why they feel bad that like these long time publications are gone out of business. It's you know, it's it's change is hard. It's, it's sad. A lot of it's driven by. Um, people who don't have the, really the best interests of the uh, reader or the public in mind either. And so I understand that, but I, I never, I haven't really heard anyone like defend their journalism. My life is much, much worse with, without Deadspin. It's very, very, it's very sad to see go. And anyone, anyone, one... anyone agrees with me, I should, you should t- tweet list. By the way, how funny was it? I can't believe I didn't even bring this up. Our Nick Chubb conversation uh, independently, actually, two other people t- texted me saying that uh, you know I was totally right about uh, the, the Nick Chubb argument we had, and then uh, there was actual one person took my side. I don't know on uh, Twitter, and then someone else took your side, and it resulted in someone getting called uh, a troll and getting blocked. yes, yes, so that, and I got blocked. I can't believe we that didn't. Was even, awesome. it was, <laughs> I would have not even bring that truly, part It's up. truly a scissor statement. This is a scissor statement. This really, those people can't talk anymore. They're like, they were like, fuck off. They couldn't deal. Yeah, this yeah. is a anyway, statement. Yeah, pretty funny. All right, so but more of my opinions. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's enough. I, I just want I, you to uh, send me a link. Send me a link to something from Deadspin that you like. We can I'm not, talk more again, about Deadspin. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just generally yeah, curious sure. because the couple things that I read were like that like ass-kissing woke stuff that like sure. dudes do now because they want to get sympathy from a certain faction. That's what it seemed like to me, but I could be totally. Uh, wrong. I could see some okay. woke. There could be some. There could be some woke uh, wokeness uh, just, coming just from fake, that. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm like the signaling is what kind of makes me ill, and I thought it was like virtue signal central, basically. And yes, there is some some wokeness with that for sure. And let me be clear again here: this isn't like I don't even mean like the the deep form journalism. Again, the curation part too, and and, and how they hit on the topics. But yeah, I, there is maybe some some of the wokeness part that mm, I could see that. I could see that. I can see that argument, but, but I there was, send there me was, a piece, send me a piece you think is good for them. Anything. I don't care. Even if it's okay, just like right. frivolous. Okay. All right. Okay. Cause, I'll, I'll, because I'll I'm curious. I, 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 I shouldn't be weighing in on this debate. I've honestly read like five pieces from them in five years. Okay. And my other point I was making is the air yards guy that his stats thing went completely, uh, some NFL, I guess, didn't want it. There's a whole nother story there where the NFL didn't want, that's a weird thing too. And some other people are trying to bring it back up, but, uh, just thought of that, that just, you know, just like that, a couple things that I would check daily in my life very frequently and well, then I'll just suddenly, suddenly another, gone. Another thing's gone. Just so you know, the rotowire. Oh yes. Is- yes. Okay. I was going to ask that off air list because I didn't, yep. That's on my note. Yes. Rotowire blog. I cannot find on there the last couple of days too. So is that gone too? It's all archived, like all the stuff. And I, I got to figure out where it is. Did I finish oh. number two still ahead of Jeff, uh, the most uh, all time uh, writer behind I you? Jeff I might've passed you. I don't know. I, I, I you know, it's it just yesterday. Most they shut blog. it down. But it wasn't any like big thing. I mean, Pete was just like, I was mostly doing all the using of it. Nobody else was blog on it. And our guys built a way better admin area. Like for all the article posting system is so much more convenient. Like it used to be the blog was kind of easier. So I would just throw stuff uh, on there. So the, the like ease and utility weren't really that fun. It wasn't getting a lot of traffic. It was kind of buried. I was the only one doing it. We built a, a system that makes it just about as easy as the blog to post anyway. And I think like WordPress is just not ideal for like what we're doing with the site. So it was like a WordPress platform. So they axed it and uh, it's fine. 
I mean, it's uh, it's it's kind of the end of the an era. Like we had that rotosynthesis for a long time. Rotosynthesis, and, synthesis, of course, yes. You know, yeah. but it's not like it wasn't because like we're not creating that content anymore. We're just relocating it to like all on the main site. That's all that really happened. All right, that makes sense. I actually was gonna gonna bring that up. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, man. Only, only quick other things I have is uh, what Netflix catch up. Big Mouth, BoJack Horseman, Rick and Morty. All cartoons are back, but it's just it's good, but more of the same. You know, as you've been complaining about, it's just you know yeah, kind of more of the same. But, I, I saw some ahead. of them. It's just, it's just like, it was really funny when he was like doing all the drugs with the, the Lindsay Lohan stand-in girl that he was whatever. Right. Um, but it's like now it's like a character study of them. It's just like I don't, yeah, I don't I care just, that much. It's like I just don't. I'm not that interested in it. Yeah, no, to- totally here. That's what I was just saying. I checked him out, but I was yes, I was not going to tell you. You must go go watch them. But I will say this is heavy stuff, though. But um, I did watch a documentary called "Tell Me Who I Am." It's on Netflix. Uh, it's reading an article in Variety, uh, saying arguing that Best Picture should open it up for documentaries because of this. Uh, I'll just give a brief synopsis. It's pretty pretty crazy, but it's called yeah, "Tell Me Who I Am." Give it all away. You can't spoil oh, no. it like that. You should just say, no, "Go see I- this documentary." Now I don't right. need to see it because I know what happens now. No, no, no. You don't know anything. No, don't be spoiling it like that. All right. Okay. I don't think I spoil it for me. Should I delete this? What do you think? Do you think it's ethical for me to delete this? I'll delete whatever you. I'll delete the description. You should. You should uh, bleep it out. All right. Well, yeah. Whatever you think. But uh, sorry, that's all I got for you this list. Sorry about the uh, too much info. I'll. uh, Yeah. That's. Didn't mean to spoil it. But um. That's all I I got. List anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Why would you trust? Yeah, exactly. No, no. I watch the shit you say. I even make Heather watch it, and then Heather will be like, "I don't, I don't agree with Dalton Del Don." Or she sometimes yes. says the good. So, yeah, so bad. Succession. succession. She gives you credit for succession. Nice. All right. So what about you? Let's get anything, anything else going on with you. This is, we've got a long pod this week. This is fucking long as hell. You know, some people do like two hour podcasts. I can't believe it, how they do that. Um, Oh, Rogan does like three hours. By the way, we never talked about Snowden on Rogan. You ever, you ever listen to that? Oh, the guy suggested it. I listen to like just a very small part of it. I really like, I think Snowden's a hero. I think Julian Assange is a hero. I think like a hundred years from now, I hope they don't kill Assange to torture him to death, but I think like a hundred years from now, those guys are going to be like James Madison and, you know, John Adams and these guys that helped build the constitution and the, as like people who like said enough, enough is enough to tyranny. And, uh, I think they'll be remembered very well, but, uh, I didn't really listen to the Joe Rogan thing. Did you listen to it? Yeah, I did. I, he was, he was interesting. There was nothing, nothing crazy takeaway basically other than to read his book. <laughs> he kept <laughs> directing you to read his book for the, for the whole story. Yeah, but I, mean, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I'm not as interested in him, the person. I'm just more like what he did, right. you know, it's sort of like that took re- such ridiculous amounts of courage, like to totally to s- yeah. steal no, that shit sure. and go to Hong Kong and like, just now he's living in Russia. Like it's crazy, you know, it's so no. And he came across as someone that doesn't care about his consequences. You know, it's just doing what, what he feels is right for sure. But, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's, let's not make it a Rogan four hour length pod here and let's, uh, let's get to winning and, uh, sorry, I destroyed you so bad for the second week in a row in our Nick Chubb argument. Uh, I'm glad you feel that way. And, uh, I just, I just hope that we don't have any more, uh, casualties, argument casualties yeah. on Twitter because of this. <laughs> For sure. Right. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Literally. All right, man. Take it easy, Donald.